There's mummies and dummies and ghosts that bark. There's goblins and ghoulies that wait in the dark. If you wish to wet your pants with fright, listen to Gatsy on Goosebumps tonight. I'm gonna come. And then I said to her, oh, she's got bumps all right. Just not, not Goosebumps, if you get my drift. Hi, welcome to Gatsy on Goosebumps, the only series in which I read and review every single Goosebumps book from R.L. Stein's original series. And uh, joining me for a very special episode is uh, my co-host with most ghosts, uh, Josh Underhill. How are you, Josh? Not too bad. Good evening, listeners. Now, you may, you may recognise our sparkling uh, banter from the podcast Good Book Boys. Possibly not, though, because the listenership of both podcasts is quite small, so the chance of there being an overlap is... Yeah, there's not much of a Venn diagram there, is there? No. Well, I mean, your wife will hopefully listen to both, right? Yeah, she will. Hey, Steph. Josh, uh, you are joining me for a Give Yourself Goosebumps special reading from yours truly, in which you, Josh, will choose your own scares, and you get the choice to choose from over 20 different scary endings depending on the choices you make. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm ready, I think. I, I didn't read any of the Choose Your Own Adventure Goosebumps mm. as, a, as a kid. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be an exciting time, and you've graciously prepared for us a, uh, a, a resource to maybe add to the, the gravitas. I've got a Halloween soundboard, is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Um, we'll see what's contained within this story and whether we mm. can add some, uh, some vibe. Mm. Can you describe the uh, front cover of this uh, very holographic Give Yourself Goosebumps book? Yes, it's very fancy. It's very premium, I would say. You've got some nice gold cover paint, yep. I'll say, in kind of a drippy fashion. And then kind of laid over that, there's a quite a terrifying bat, which is potentially more terrifying in these current times than back when this was a Arnold Stone called it. He called it. He always does. I think that's one of the scary endings. Exactly. It's got big giant talons and teeth and it's kind of about to attack you. POV is you are looking up at a, a bat trying to attack you at dusk, it looks like. And uh, that corresponds to the title, which I haven't explained yet, is uh, Trapped in Batwing Hall. Yes, which is number three um, of, I assume, this um, Choose Your Own Adventure That's series. correct. Would you like to read us through what we've got in the back there? Join the horror club. Being the new kid in school is no picnic. Mm. At your old school, you had tons of friends, but now you don't even have one. Then you meet Nick. He asks you to join the horror club. The horror club meets in an old mansion known as Batwing Hall. It's dark, it's spooky, and it's where your adventure begins. The members of the horror club are going on a scavenger hunt. If you join the red team, you find out the truth about your new friends. They're actually monsters. One is a green-skinned reptile, another is a hulking giant. If you join the blue team, you get turned into a furry-faced vampire bat. Choice is yours in this scary Goosebumps adventure that's packed with over 20 super spooky endings. So they've already sort of given the consequences of one of, I imagine, the key choices in this. I don't know how I feel about that. We already know now what the red team and the blue team has in store for us. But there will be other choices uh, that we can dive into. So typically in the, the two I've done so far, it takes a few pages to, uh, to, to sort of get into the choices. So, you know, sit tight, enjoy your tea, and... Uh, and let's let's explore the adventures of you, Josh, while you're trapped in Batwing Hall. This town stinks. It's Friday afternoon, the end of your first week at your new school. Your family just moved to this town last month, and so far, no one at school has even tried to be your friend. 
day after day, you sit in class waiting for someone to talk to you. Waiting and staring at all the strange faces around you. How can you possibly go through the year without any friends? It gets easier. I can tell them right now. You wonder. <laughs> You're cool. You know you are. Yep. You had tons of friends at your old school. You trudge home slowly. All you have to look forward to is a boring weekend of watching TV with your parents and your bratty little brother. When something hits the back of your jacket, you whirl around. A pebble drops onto the ground. You glance up and notice a brown-haired boy about your own age. Hi, he calls out. I'm Nick. Hi, you reply and introduce yourself. We're in the same class at school, Nick says. That's funny, you think. You don't remember seeing him there, but you smile anyway. You're so happy someone is finally talking to you. I live there, Nick tells you. He points to a two-story greenhouse on the next block. You gaze back at him, shocked. But you can't live there, you explain. There's no way. What do you mean I can't live there? Nick asks, laughing. I know my own house. I live next door, you tell him. You point to the red brick house next to the green one. The greenhouse has been empty all month. There haven't been any lights on. No cars in the driveway. I was on vacation with my family. We got back last night, Nick says. What do you think of school? Okay, I guess, you reply. You're afraid to say anything more. You never know, maybe this kid Nick actually likes school. Dork. Can you believe how much homework our teacher gave us this weekend? Nick complains. He kicks a stone down the street as you walk. All the kids who had Mr. McCormick last year say he's really tough and mean. A total monster. Hmm. You agree. Next thing you know, you and Nick are both comparing favorite rock groups and comic books. Both of you collect Spider-Man comics. Nick has all the first issues in the last five years too. Comics are cool, Nick says. A very normal sentence for a 12-year-old to say. Comics are cool. But do you know what's even cooler? What, you ask? Horror stories, Nick exclaims. In fact, I... He stops talking and stares at you. What, you ask? What about horror stories? It's probably way too scary for you, Nick replies. Nothing's too scary for me, you boast. That's because you've never been to the horror club, Nick says. What's that? Nick grins. It's a club I belong to. You've got to be really brave to be a member. When we meet, we tell spooky stories. Really scary. Cool, you reply. I love scary stories. Can I join? If you think you can handle it, Nick says. We meet every Friday night at Batwing Hall. That's the deserted house at the end of our street. It was old Professor Krupnik's house. I've seen the house. It looks haunted, you tell Nick with a laugh. Don't laugh, he warns you. It is haunted. Impeccably timed. Haunted? For real, you ask? For real, Nick replies seriously. That's why we picked it. Some of the scariest stories I've ever heard happened in Batwing Hall. Like what? Like the story of the kids on Halloween night, Nick says. They were all dressed up, trick-or-treating. They rang Krupnik's door, bell. A figure dressed all in black answered and the kids were invited inside, only they never came out. What happened? You ask breathlessly. Nobody knows, Nick replies. But late at night, you can still hear the kids' screams. Horrible screams. And when the moon is full, some people say they've seen little creatures in monster costumes roaming about inside the house, trapped forever. Wow. Great story, you say. It's not a story, Nick tells you. Being a member of the horror club can be dangerous, very dangerous. He pauses, then adds, today's Friday. We meet tonight. Do you want to come? What do you think, Josh? Risk it and go to the horror club tonight? Or say thanks anyway and go? We've got to risk it, of course. We've got to. We want this kid to think we're cool. I mean, you both collect Spider-Man comics. That's like a good start. Yeah. The horror club sounds great, you tell Nick. Count me in. I'll meet you in front of your house at 9 o'clock tonight. You agree and say goodbye. Then you rush into the kitchen to find your parents. You tell them you've made a friend and you've been invited to a club meeting. 
They're so happy for you. Of course, you don't tell them that the meeting is in a deserted, boarded-up old house. At nine o'clock, you join Nick under the elm's tree in your front yard. A tall, fidgety girl with messy, long, dark hair waits with Nick. This is Debbie, he tells you. She's a member of the club, too. Hi, Debbie says. You can barely see her face under all her thick hair, and she always seems to be squirming about. You wonder what's up with this strange girl. Do we have something for that? Wonder what's up with this strange girl. Yeah, I'll take it. It seems to imply she's an alien. You follow your new friend up the hill to the end of the long dark street. The farther you go, the fewer houses there are. At the end of the road, all the street lights are out. The sky is pitch black. If it weren't for Nick's flashlight, you'd probably fall over your own feet. There it is, Nick says, pointing. Batwing Hall. A huge dark shadow looms at the end of your street. It's the mansion. You stop walking and gaze up at it. Nick shines his flashlight at the old house on the hill. Batwing Hall is a two-story, old-fashioned house. All the windows that aren't boarded up are broken. Loose shingles flap from the roof. Paint peels from the weathered sides of the house. Looks as if no one has lived there for hundreds of years. You climb up to the sagging porch with Nick and Debbie. Tall, overgrown trees and bushes cast eerie shadows across the deserted lawn. Isn't this place awesome? Debbie whispers to you. Really cool, you agree. This house has been empty for two years, Nick tells you. Ever since crazy old Professor Krupnik died. No one will buy it because it's haunted, Debbie explains. You notice she's chewing nervously at the ends of her long hair. Yuck. The front door was boarded up until we figured out how to pry it open, Debbie says. She points to the large wooden door. Let's go. You take a step forward. Stop, Nick shouts. Get down. Now. Josh, if you do as Nick says, you can hurry to page 19. If you ignore him and head for the door, go to page 85. Page 85, thanks. You're going to ignore Nick? Yep. Nick is just trying to scare you, you think. He's testing you to see if you're brave enough for the horror club. You shrug and rush forward. You dash across the porch and squeeze through a narrow space in the boards covering the front door. You land on your knees with a thud. As soon as you hit the floor, a piercing alarm sounds through the house. What's going on, you wonder? You gaze around quietly. Nick and Debbie are nowhere to be found. The dark house seems empty. You hold your ears, trying to block out the horrible noise. And then, through a dusty window, you see lights. Red, whirling lights. The police. You have set off a burglar alarm. Now you're in big trouble. How you ever explain this to the police? Or to your mum and dad? Too bad. It looks as if your adventure is over. Before it began. The end. <laughs> what I think we'll do is... Because the fuzz wasn't maybe the scariest of possible endings. We'll listen to Nick. We, I think we might listen to Nick. So, going back in time and realising the error of your ways, you've decided to listen to Nick. I hope you've realised just how precarious your life is. You know, you've got to be careful with okay. these these choices. I'm kind of amazed at how quickly the police... Is he right next door to a police mm, station? Mm. It was literally within a few like, steps after entering... Yeah. What is it you cry as your body hits the ground? We've got to be careful, Nick whispers. If anybody catches going in the front door, we could be in big trouble. We're not al really allowed here. You nod and watch Debbie as she squirms and glances around nervously. You wonder why your new friend's so jumpy. You can't imagine how anyone could possibly see you in the darkness. But you figure Nick and Debbie know what they're doing. You stand and follow Nick and Debbie across the porch. Keeping as quiet as possible, you f pull off the broken boards on the front door. You enter the dark house. The air in the entranceway is stale and dusty. You hold back a sneeze. Nick motions for you to follow him. You creep after Nick and Debbie down a dark hallway. The floorboards creak loudly with each step. 
and you enter a big, dimly lit living room. A broken chandelier sways from the ceiling. The faded wallpaper hangs in pieces from the walls. Dirty sheets cover what appear to be old sofas and chairs. And then you see them. Four kids sit in a circle, masturbating on the living room floor. One of those words was added by me. I won't tell you which one. A big yellow candle flickers in the center. They all turn and stare at you. No one seems happy to see you. I've had that before, don't worry. You stand awkwardly as Nick introduces you and says, This is our newest member. What are you talking about? cries a girl with short, curly red hair. She glares at you. I brought a new member to the horror club, Nick repeats. Not today, explains a large boy with bulging arm muscles. Why not? Debbie asks, squirming next to you. Didn't anyone tell you? asks another girl. Tonight's the special night. You've got to get that kid out of here. We're not telling stories tonight. The plan has changed. Discover what's happening tonight on page 123. That can't be the right page. <laughs> 123. Um, no, <laughs> doesn't make sense. Hang on. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I think we found it. I hope so. I think this is the page. I think it was 128. Okay. If not, we've jumped into a different timeline but i think this is it nick and debbie quickly leave your side and huddle together with the other kids you can hear them arguing arguing about you then one voice raises by the others but today is game day you know what that means i don't you suddenly call out you're sick of standing there you want to know what's going on it works all six kids stop arguing the girl with the red hair steps forward i'm marcy she tells you there are no stories tonight we're playing games instead but new members can't play it's the rule can't you break the rules just this one time, you ask? These aren't ordinary games, warns the boy with large muscles. These games are scary. Really scary. <laughs> the scarier the better, you announce bravely. This starts another argument. Some kids want you to stay and play. Others want you to leave. Debbie hurries over to your side. Through her mane of dark hair, she whispers, Go home. Go home now. But at that moment, Marcy announces, It's decided. You can stay and play games with us. Great, you say, ignoring Debbie. What are we playing? Learn about the games on page 66. The game is called The Hunt. Marcy tells you, I'm the captain of the blue team. Nick is captain of the red team. You watch as Nick picks Debbie and a skinny boy named Connor to be on the team. Connor has short, bristly hair and a very strange smell. As Connor walks by, you decide he smells as if he's been lying in a dumpster. That's real nice. Nice way to make fucking friends. For the blue team, Marcy chooses a beautiful girl with long blonde hair and green eyes. Her name is Lara. She smiles shyly at you. Mm. Marcy also picks the guy in the muscle shirt. Hi, I'm Martin, the kid says, pounding you on the back. Welcome to the horror club, he laughs, then flexes his muscles. You step back. Martin's arm is bigger than your whole body. That's three on each team, Marcy announces. Our new member can join either one. She turns to you. It's up to you. Which team will you join? Would you rather hang with Nick, Debbie and Connor on the red team? Or get to know Lara, Marcy and Martin on the blue team? So, to remind you, on red team we've got uh, Nick, we've got Connor the dumpster, and we've got Debbie with the long hair, who warned you. On blue team we've got Lara, who is pretty, Marcy, who is the captain with the red hair, and Martin, who's got big bulging muscles. Red team or blue team? Let's go with the unknowns. I'm going to go with the blue team. Blue team it is. Page 33. Welcome to the blue team, Marcy says with a smile. 
Glad you're on the team, Martin Nads. He crushes your hand in a hearty handshake. So, what are we playing, you ask? The game is called The Hunt, Lara tells you. What are we hunting for, you ask? Marcy's voice drops down to a croaking whisper. The creepiest, most terrifying things we can find. We vote on which team finds the scariest stuff. If you haven't chickened out by then, you'll be an official member of the horror club. Don't worry about me, you say. I love a good scare. Come on, Lara says. Let's get this game going. You follow your teammates outside. Marcy goes first. Her flashlight beam bounces around the overgrown yard, making weird yellow shadows. You begin scanning the yard, but Martin stops you. Not here, he says. You're the newest member. You have to pass the test. Test? You don't like the sound of that. Martin grins and points across the street. You go there. The cemetery. They want you to search the cemetery all by yourself. You're about to say, no way, Jose, which is a very cool thing to say. (laughs) But then you figure that's just what they expect you to do. You'll show them. Great, you declare. I bet I'll find the winning object. You even kind of mean it. After all, if the game is won by finding the scary stuff, then your teammates just handed you an easy score. What better place to look than the cemetery? You give your teammates the thumbs up and hurry across the street. The cemetery is really old. Most of the gravestones are chipped and crumbling. As you stumble over a lumpy grave, you feel something grab your ankle. You yelp and jump back. Phew. It was just a gnarled root. The moonlight casts an eerie glow, creating strange shadows. You carefully make your way towards a small building. There's just enough light for you to read the words Krupnik Crypt carved in the stone over the doorway. Here's your chance to impress your new friends. You know you will find something scary inside a crypt, but do you have the nerve to enter? We're not given a choice, we just find out on page 69. (laughs) The sex number. You approach the heavy stone door of the crypt. Instead of a doorknob, it has a thick iron ring. Chiseled into the stone above the ring are these words. Who turns the stone will grow bat bones. What could that possibly mean? Well, I have a faint. <laughs> Given the front cover, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't. You don't need to be too metaphorical about it. I have a pretty good idea what it means. A sudden movement draws your attention. Near the top of the crypt, you see a small hole about your size. While you watch, a tiny black bat flies out of the hole and flutters off into the night. Outrageous, you think? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Maybe you can. Or radical, you exclaim. Maybe you can catch a bat inside the crypt. That will win the contest for sure. But how will you get inside? I I don't know, it's a bat. It's like, it's not that scary. (laughs) You decide to take a bite out of the bat. (laughs) Six months later, your entire town has gone into lockdown. That will win the contest for sure. But how will you get inside? The door is covered with cobwebs. Obviously, it hasn't been opened in a long time. Maybe you could climb to the top of the crypt and crawl in through the hole the bat came out of. Or maybe you should just try to pull the big stone door open. It might work. Which will you try? Crawl through the hole or try to open the stone door? What do you think? Let's crawl through the hole. Because you know what will happen if we open the door. I have a feeling you'll grow bat bones? You decided to climb into the crypt through the hole. The stone wall looks way too heavy to budge. The crypt is covered with thick carvings, so it's easy to climb up to the top. You push your arms and head into the hole and start to wriggle through. It's so dark inside you can't see a thing. As soon as you get your shoulders through, you hear a sound that makes you freeze. Scrunk! Scrunk! It sounds as if something slimy is climbing up the wall to- okay. 
And now you hear another sound, a low moan. There's a, <laughs> there's a moaning something climbing your way. <laughs> Sounds like a great night. <laughs> Maybe this wasn't such a good idea. You try to wriggle back out, but discover you're stuck. <laughs> the moaning thing is coming closer. You push and pull. You twist and turn. Nothing. You can't budge. Help, you scream. Help! Your voice echoes horribly in the stone room. You begin to kick on the outside of the crypt, hoping your friends will hear you. Help! It's a weird feeling to be terrified and embarrassed at the same time. You don't know what, which is worse. For the moaning thing to get you, or for your friends to come up to the crypt and wind up staring right at your rear end. I think you've died again. Damn, that, uh, that section there had a little bit of influence from the cask of Amontillado. Yes, uh, famously by Edgar Allan Poe, yeah. who I believe had the hots for his cousin. I mean, they all did back then. I that's, do now. <laughs> so I, I feel like that's kind of a cheap shot, because you've actively chosen, based on the information given to you, you've decided not to grow bat bones. Like, you've given a warning about doing that. So, like, I think you made the right decision. I think that's kind of... That's kind of like a cheap shot. That's like bad game design. Yep. So what we're going to do is we're going to open the stone door knowing the, the inevitable consequence. But I, you know, I do understand your decision and I respect that. You step up to the door and grasp the ring in both your hands. It's covered with rust and cobwebs and you have a feeling it hasn't been moved in a long time. You pull on it, but the thing won't budge. You clutch the ring even tighter and pull all your weight into it. A hideous screeching noise fills the air. What is making that ghastly sound? Slowly, slowly, the heavy door swings open. Holding your breath, you tiptoe inside. You see a large casket sitting on a stone platform in the middle of the dark room. For a moment, you can't move. You stare at the casket and think, there's a dead person in there. A dead person. Yikes. Very enlightened yeah. <laughs> inner consciousness there. Something just grabbed at your hair. You brushed away and gasped. A bat flutters off into the darkness, its fangs glinting in the moonlight. Maybe catching a bat isn't such a great idea, you decide. You quickly search the tomb for scary stuff to bring back to your teammates. Where's the moaning goop pile? Yeah, I know. I, I guess in this timeline, it doesn't exist. <laughs> or, you know, maybe he's just shy. I don't know. Scared of <laughs> the door. With a final glance, you leave the tomb to rejoin your friends. So you didn't get anything. You search the tomb for scary stuff to bring back to your teammates, but you find nothing except dust and cobwebs. With a final glance, you leave the tomb to rejoin your friends. Alright, seems like a waste of time. There's only one problem. You don't see them anywhere. You're all alone. Lara, you call. Martin. Marcy. The only answer is the wind rustling through the trees. Your eyes search the cemetery, but your gaze falls only on crumbling headstones. You glance across the street at the mansion, but it's completely dark. Has everyone gone home? Another bat flies by and you decide not to wait around. You race out of the cemetery and head for home. And later that night, you don't feel very well. Your shoulders ache and your fingers feel stiff. Maybe you're getting sick. You hope not. You don't want to miss soccer practice. You climb into bed and drift into a troubled sleep. When you awaken a few hours later, it's still dark and you feel even worse. Maybe a drink of water will make you feel better. As you get up, you notice that your hands seem to be very stiff. You glance down and see something dark between all your fingers. It must be the shadows in the room, you think. Your feet don't seem to be working very well. But somehow you make it to the bathroom. You reach up to flip the light, but the light switch isn't where it's supposed to be. 
Instead, it's three feet above you. And the bathroom mirror is even higher. What's going on? Hurry, turn to page 124. I have a feeling I... Turned into a bat. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ruin it. Sorry. What is what could possibly be? Somehow, since you went to bed, your bathroom has grown to ten times its normal size. Or you've shrunk. I must be dreaming, you think. You climb up to the bathroom sink and stare into the mirror. The face gazing out at you from the mirror isn't your own. It's the fairy face of a small hairy creature with a short nose, huge ears, and tiny white fangs. It's the face of a bat. You wink your right eye, and to your horror, the bat in the mirror winks at the same time. The bat in the mirror is you. No, you scream. It comes out as a tiny squeak. This can't be really think. It's got to be a dream, right? You try to pinch yourself, but you can't work your bat fingers. You continue to stare at your reflection, horrified. How could this have happened? You think back over the last evening, trying to think if there was some <laughs> instance in which you were warned you'd turn into a bat. You try to remember every detail. You hung out with your new friends at the horror club. Check. There was a contest to find the scariest things. Check. And then you remember something else. Something that sends a chill down your furry little back. What do you remember? Turn to page 102. All right. You remember the Krupnik crypt and that the only living creature you saw was the bat that flew out of the tomb. With a gnawing fear, your mind plays over the words carved in the crypt. Who turns the stone will grow bat bones. You should have realized it was a warning, but no, you had to go ahead and turn that stupid stone. Well, knowing what we well, know... We, we didn't have to. Yeah. <laughs> we, we took the other option and were either eaten or sodomized by some sort of moaning crypt creature but no you had to go ahead and turn that stupid stone that must have been how this happened you try frantically to remember everything about you the crypt any tiny little detail that could help you you picture the crypt and suddenly recall that you left the stone door open maybe if you turn the stone again closing the door of the crypt you'll be transformed back should turn to the cemetery now you're not sure you can even find it in the dark or should, is it better to go to sleep and wait until morning Maybe when you wake up, you'll be back to normal. Josh, would you like to return to the cemetery now, or wait until morning? I think given that we've turned into a bat, mm. the primary time to be participating in activities as a bat is at night time. Nocturnally. So That's good logic. Let's, let's use our bat eyes yeah. to get back to the crypt. You decide to return to the cemetery tonight. You can't stand to be a bat for another second. With a last shuddering look at your new bat self, you climb down from the sink. Then you crawl up the wall to your window ledge. From your new, shorter bat's eye view, the yard looks very far away, even though you're only on the second floor. Well, you've got wings. Might as well try them. You're a little nervous about your lack of flight experience, but you've got no choice. You try flapping your wings, and the next thing you know, you're lifting up. Okay. Up! Out into the dark night air. The wind rushes beneath your wings and you soar higher and higher. You sneak a peek down at the yarn far below. Big mistake. For just a moment you're so scared you forget to flap your wings. Instantly you begin to plummet to the ground. Frantically you begin flapping again and manage to level out. <laughs> flying isn't as easy as it looks you realise. You try to turn to the right and find yourself flying upside down instead. Then you bump into the side of a tree. And after some practice you begin to get the hang of flying. Unfortunately, you made so many twists and turns while you were learning that you have no idea where you are. Go to page 31. There are no signs of your backyard, and you don't recognize any of the houses. And where is the crypt? You don't have a clue. To make things worse, your bat eyes don't see well enough to help you figure out where you are. But your ears are a different matter. 
You were working so hard learning to fly, you didn't pay much attention to your bad hearing. But now, you notice that it's excellent. In fact, it's so good that if you really concentrate, you can get a clear picture of the things making sounds around you. Off to the right, you hear a big moth flapping its wings. The flapping sound sounds like a soft clapping. Somehow, the sound gives you a complete image of the moth. Below you, the loud humming of a mosquito sounds like a jet taking off. And this is pretty cool. Now your super sharp ears hear something more familiar. Something that might help you figure out where you are. You turn towards the sound. You see a man and a woman walking a small dog in the early morning darkness. If you ask the couple for help, turn to page 54. Or if you decide to fly off on your own, soar to page 70. I cannot communicate with you. <laughs> I'm gonna get eaten by the dog if I go over there, so I'm gonna fly off on my own volition and try and find this crypt. You decide to find the cemetery on your own. You're a little concerned about how the couple might react to a talking bat. You begin to fly up as high as you can go. Soon your whole neighborhood lies below you as tiny as the town in a model train set. You scan the houses and streets. You have to peer hard. Your bat vision isn't very good. But then you see it. The cemetery across the street from Batwing Hall. You stoop towards the cemetery. But a stiff wind blows you in the other direction. You struggle to get back on course. But you're still not very good at flying. You fight at the gusty wind and finally reach the cemetery. You aim at a tree and land clumsily on the tip of a branch. You notice that the sky is beginning to grow light. You've been out all night. You yawn and glance around the cemetery. You spot the Krupnik crypt behind some trees. You fly towards the crypt and notice that the door is still wide open. You swoop inside just as the sun begins to close. Clang. The stone door slams shut behind you. You're trapped. Once again, you're in total darkness. But at least the crypt door is closed. The stone has been turned. You hope you've been turned too. Turned back into a kid. You wait a few minutes and then stretch out your arms. Your heart sinks. Your fingers are still webbed and still attached to your bat wings. Closing the crypt didn't do anything. Now you use your bat sonar to examine the inside of the crypt. You notice something you didn't see the last time you were here. There's a crack on the floor of the crypt. You swoop down to investigate. The crack is wide and deep. It seems to lead straight into the ground. You find these weird words chiseled along the crack. Who enters here will be... Will be what, you wonder? Unfortunately, the last part of the writing has crumbled away. Still, this door looks like the same writing you saw on the door of the tomb. Are the missing words transformed back? Fly into the crack on page four. We're not given a choice. You crouch over the crack. Your bat sonar tells you that it goes down a long, long way. It might even go on forever. And you're almost afraid to imagine what might be inside it. Still, you're a bat. You're trapped in a crypt. What have you got to lose? You take a deep breath to calm yourself. You do a couple of warm-up flaps of your wings. Then, before you can change your mind, you dive headfirst into the crack. But you're no longer flying. Instead, you're falling. Falling straight down. What are you doing wrong? In your panic, you check out your wings. To your amazement, they're gone. Those are arms flailing around. Your arms. You're a kid again. You don't have time to celebrate. You're falling faster now. And faster. Will you ever land? And will you survive the crash? And if you do, where will you be? Let's turn to page 135 and find out what lies within the crack. You have to break your fall. You reach out your arms and drag your fingers along the wall of the crevice. It slows you down a bit. Then the light begins to change and you don't have to fight so hard to slow your descent. By the time you reach the bottom, you're almost floating. You land gently on a bed of moss. 
You scan your new surroundings. You seem to be in a swamp. A swamp full of strange, twisted trees and flitting insects. The smell of decay overwhelms you. And mournful cries fill the air. You're overcome by a feeling of dread. You want to get out of this creepy place. Quick. You run along the riverbank, hoping it will lead you somewhere. But before you have gone, you come to a broken sign pointing in two directions. One part of the sign points across the river to the crypt. The other part points to the path, but it's so old and weathered away that it has no words left on it now. Which way should you go? Follow the path or cross the river to the crypt? Follow the path. Also, I'm not sure how you slow your descent by literally scraping. Breaking, tearing off all the skin on your hands and arms. You follow the left-hand path along the river. The whole time you wonder, where am I? How will I get home? You feel eyes on you. Creatures' eyes staring at you. You whirl around, searching, but you see no one. Then you hear a heavy sound you can't ignore. Footsteps. Heavy footsteps. The footsteps of something very big and very, very close. Thump. 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 You freeze. The footsteps stop. You glance behind you, but all you can see is the swirling mist. Maybe it was nothing. You start up again. But so do the steps. Thump. 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 They're getting close. You don't dare look back. You try to run, but your feet sink into the marshy ground. The thing is almost right behind you, and then just ahead. You spot a cave. You can hide in there. You race to the cave. A sign beside it says, Monster Library. You have no idea what a monster library is. I I have some ideas, but you don't care. My kind of library. Anything would be better than this swamp with a thing following you. You duck inside. Oh no, the thing behind you runs in too. Race to page 119. A bony hand grabs your shoulder. You turn to face the thing that's got you and let out a scream. An eight foot tall monster is clutching your shoulder. A monster with two hideous heads. One head is blue with a yellow eye in the middle of its forehead. The other head is red and has huge six inch fangs. They are both staring at you. You pull away from the horrible creature. Doesn't know staring is rude? Where do you think you're going? The blue head rumbles. The the monster library, you gasp. You must have a card to enter. The red head snaps. I'm sorry, I didn't know you tell it. Besides, I'm just trying to get back home. Where is that? The red head demands. I came here from the Krupnik Crypt, you reply. The Krupnik Crypt, the blue head cries. Then you're in worse trouble than you think. What could be worse than being trapped by a two-headed monster? Let's find out on page 77. Well, to be honest, he's being quite helpful. Uh, <laughs> right, he's, he's not already, trapped. He's already explained the rules of the life. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you demand? All I want to do is return to the crypt. There's only one way back there, the monster head says. And it's extremely dangerous, the red head adds. The blue head nods in agreement. We can tell you how to get there safely, on one condition. Come with us on a tour of the library. No one has visited us since our library was eaten by the swamp thing. You don't seem to have a choice. You follow the monsters into the library. At first it looks like an ordinary library, filled with bookshelves. But then you glance at the books. They're all about monsters. You see the titles Frankenstein, Godzilla and Dracula. You notice a monster cookbook, a monster travel book, and a monster encyclopedias. The best books are in the next room, the redhead sneers. Our favourite stories are all there. But you've stopped listening. In a corner of the room, you've spotted a door labelled to the crypt. Could it be that way out? 
if you want to make a run for it, Josh, you got to hurry to page 35. If you decide to stay and wait for the monsters to help, go to page 134. I, I see no... I have not seen any reason to distrust these monsters as yet, so I'm going to continue with them, because I feel like if you give them a reason they to will distrust just... you, then... Mm. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to Sound logic. Sound logic. They're being nothing but hospitable, so... You decided to wait for the monster's help. How do you like our library? The blue head asks. It's very nice, you say. Those are cool-looking monster books. But I really need to go back home. All in good time, the redhead rumbles. Can you read? Of course I can, you answer. You wonder if the monster is going to write down directions for you. Great, the redhead cries. We love being read to. Our librarian was a good reader. Until she became a favourite swamp thing snack. After you read our favourite stories to us, we'll show you how to go home. If you won't, the blue head adds, leering out at you with its enormous yellow eye. We'll eat you. Are you ready? You don't have much choice. How hard could it be to read a couple of stories? The monster leads you into the next room. Mm, which story should I read, you ask? All of them, insists the blue head. The monster points to the shelves. You can see that they contain thousands of books. The rest are in the basement, the redhead adds. Too bad. It looks as if you're going to be busy for a while. If you ever wanted to get home, you better learn to speed read. The end. <laughs> You applied too much logic to your choices. <laughs> You're right, they were help. Well, I mean, look, typically there are three kinds of endings. Yep. Endings where you die. Yep. Or it's implied that you die. Endings where you survive, but it's not an opportune outcome. Yep. And endings where you get, like, happy ending. So yep. I guess you scored... That was a, a middle a middling ending. You yep. did survive, but it's sort of a miserable existence you're confined to. Yeah, I mean, it, it, if we're taking a real, realistic approach, you probably still could have made it... Uh, run for the crypt door. Like, what's he afraid of breaking his word? Like, just <laughs> run for it now. Just go out the door. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it, probably the equal amount of surprise in terms of running away. Just say, oh, I'm gonna go get a book from that room. Yeah. Thoughts on your overall strategy? I think with with these kind of books, they're obviously you know written for children. I think they're, they're very much a fifty-fifty. No matter what you do, you're gonna end up half the time killing yourself off yeah prematurely. I guess it's like doing a maze you get to the dead end and then you just backtrack and you go to the next option yeah yeah were you surprised at sort of the change in setting towards the swamp I was sort of I was expecting it most of it to take place in this haunted house yes you would have thought that that would have been a, a choice kind of mm. area to explore stuff it was you are quite right I think stuff inside a haunted mansion would have been scary and maybe that's sort of the focus of of the other group, maybe, if you join the other team. Yeah, potentially, because, yeah... I guess that's sort of like the main bridging path that sort of yeah. determines. But I, I, I didn't understand. When they when you flew through the crack and that went straight down... So, is the swamp underground? Is that... Yeah, something like that. It seems... Oh, how it do seems, things grow? It, it almost seems mystical, in the sense that you kind of slowed to a float. Like, it's almost like you kind of... You don't even, it's not ge geographically yeah. below, well, it's like you go into a different... It, remind, it was reminiscent of the documentary um, Kong vs. Godzilla, which we, we saw <laughs> yes. together in which you go underground and enter an ecosystem by itself. Yes. I don't want to say Stein did it first, but once again, <laughs> he did it first. Thank you for, for joining me on this adventure, uh, Josh. Did you have a good time? I did have a good time, as I always do. Fantastic. And uh, while you're here, where can we find you during the week? You can find me at Hot Cup of Jazz on Instagram. I'm, uh, I'm, on, I'm on the radio. Mm, mm. <laughs> so I'm generally posting um, when, when that happens on my Instagram account. So follow me there and then you'll get all the details about 
where to hear me on the airwaves. Fantastic. And uh, you'll be hearing both of our dulcet tunes shortly, yes. uh, providing you've subscribed to the Good Book Boys podcast, of which this is not, because this isn't a good book. This is the spooky point. <laughs> it does make me wonder how many literary classics could be made better if there was a choose your own adventure function. I mean, I haven't read War and Peace, but I'm sure there's lots of complex decisions the character makes. You know. <laughs> Can you imagine how much <laughs> I do wonder if there's a more mature choose your own adventure market. Well, <clears throat> I've books already. I've, I was. I talked about it previously with um, Katie and Liam, who I did this a previous one of these with. Have you seen uh, Black Mirror? No. There's a one of the most recent ones was like a, a choose your own adventure. So you select on your remote control which way you go and sort of that was paralleled in the 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 episode itself the character was getting obsessed with this classic essentially choose your own adventure text by this like cult science fiction author to watch that episode i thought that's a really cool idea are there any such books i don't think that does exist for a mature market but i feel like they're they're burning money by not sort of exploring that further i suppose it kind of lends itself to the kind of um video game medium yeah because you you can hide the other outcomes you're quite right and the more I talk about it, the more it's like well isn't it more convenient to do like even a text based RPG yeah. or something yeah it can't be too thick physically to contain <laughs> yeah. all those choices would you like to take us out with my trademark catchphrase as always everyone stay spooky I like that ASMR I'll be listening to that later <laughs> Gadsy on Goosebumps is a literature podcast, a co-production of Henderson Entertainment Network and Equinox Petrochemical Solutions. If you'd like to listen to more stirring podcasts or hear about how the petrochemical industry supports your local community, please visit literature.com. That's literature, L-A-T-T-E-R-A-T-U-R-E dot com.